A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tim Fitzpatrick. Thanks for having me. And, and I can't I can't sing, so I'm not going to try and follow you on that. No, so, some people do, and it's absolutely delightful, and some people don't, and that's absolutely fine. <laughs> but we always start off with the brand set. This is my obsession, is what okay, cool. your audience sees when they Google your name. And Tim Fat Fitzpatrick is an incredibly common name, uh, popular. I keep saying common, and I'm really trying to change that to say popular. It's a popular name, and you've got a guy in the medical industry who really is out there making a lot of noise at Econa, and you get third place. Okay. And this is in the U.S. This is a U.S. search, and you get one video, but you're competing against somebody who is obviously incredibly keen to get out there and be seen. Yes. And he really does manage to dominate. And if we look at the next screen, I was looking at the images, and... You know, oh, there I am. You've, you've got a, yeah, you've got a couple of places thanks to us, but you, there's a third place in there. I think you're in there a couple of other times. But there, there are two problems. Number one is having a popular name, and number two is having a popular name where somebody else is making absolutely boatloads of effort. So yes. if somebody wants to find you, they need to search for Tim Fitzpatrick Marketing or Tim Fitzpatrick name of company and your company is called Rialto Marketing. Yeah. So Tim Fitzpatrick Rialto. So I, I have this conversation kind of quite often is if you have a common name, you need to distinguish yourself by adding something to your name, such as the name of your company or your um your 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 profession. Yeah. Or you need to do what the other Tim Fat Fitzpatrick is doing an absolutely dominate by being everywhere so that Google can't miss you. Yeah, interesting. You know, because a lot of the most of the content that I'm putting out is under our company name. Uh, you know, right. certainly my personal name comes up in 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 a lot of those mentions, but I'm not leading with my my name. I typically lead with the company name. So I don't know. Right. Does that is is that something that might be impacting that? Yeah, definitely. And and that is kind of part of. I mean, with CaliCube, we're trying to lead with both. And obviously, yeah. you can't lead with both CaliCube and Jason Barner. And in fact, we've got a third one, which is the brand SERP guy. Um, but what we what I'm trying to do is figure out what the balance needs to be between the company the person, yeah. and in our case, the character, the brand SERP guy. Yeah, um, interesting. And it, 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 yet it, it's incredibly interesting just trying to figure out how Google reacts. And yeah. from your perspective, if you're not pitching directly to clients, if people aren't searching your name in order to do business with your company, then it's your company that needs to lead. Yeah. But if people are going to be checking up on you before they do business with your company because you are – very present within yeah. your company, then you need to actually do both. Yeah, interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check out this other Tim Fitzpatrick <laughs> and figure out how the heck he's beaten me. <laughs> Brilliant. And Anton just put up on screen that your middle name is Pierre. It is. is very French. Yes, it was my uh, my my uncle's name. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. brilliant. So I can actually say Pierre, which is kind of sounds terribly, terribly French. And at the end, we're going to be talking about Francois Nadeau, 
who is from Duda. And so the whole kind of French theme is going gonna, is gonna to flow through this. Um, cool. But in fact, we need to get on with the proper conversation. If we can have the quick presentation of the sponsors, uh, as every week, Wordlifter here, but also AHREFs are sponsoring for the last time uh, in this little period of time in August. Hopefully, they will be back in the fall. But you can join me every week on a Tuesday, as the name CaliCube Tuesday suggests, for an interesting conversation with an amazing guest such as Tim. And it's always produced in partnership with Wordlift, who are an AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy lifting for you. And this week, Headline sponsor, Ahrefs, lovely people, amazing tool, everything you need to rank higher and get more traffic. So we've got all the housework, what would you call it, out of the way. We've talked about your brand, SERP, and I'm really pleased that you're that interested in it because I think I'm the only person who actually cares. So every <laughs> time a guest says, oh, that's interesting, I get terribly overexcited. And I could talk about that for the next half an hour. but I actually wanted to know about the simple marketing fundamentals that I'm missing, and there are going to be a lot for accelerating revenue growth, because my revenue growth is awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, it's so easy to just get overwhelmed with marketing. There's <clears throat> a lot of us are battling information overload. <clears throat> right. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> it's really hard to determine, like, excuse me, God what those next steps should be. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I was, I was looking at some content that we created. I mean, I, I've created a, a whole series of presentations about our uh, company and what we offer. We've got, you know, CaliCube Tuesdays. We've got the podcast. We've got an FAQ. We've got a Facebook group. We've got a book. We've got a course or a set of courses. We've got a, a SaaS platform. So that's a lot of offers. And I created a video for each one. Yeah. And then I was looking at it, I was saying, I can't be bothered watching all of this. It's too much. Yeah, I think so many people default to getting tactical with marketing. Right. You know, they feel like I've got to take action. I need to have a website or I've got to have a podcast or a YouTube channel, whatever it may be. And it's not that those things are, are wrong, but a lot of us are putting the cart before the horse and we've got the fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build your right. house from. And so- Yeah, no, we... talk, sorry, talking about the horse and the car. Yeah. You just said that, and I've just realized my car is off down the road, probably somewhere in the south of France, whereas I'm in <laughs> Paris. And the horse is still sitting at home in Paris, waiting to get going. The, the, the cart is so far ahead of the horse that I'm missing all of the marketing that actually drives revenue. Well, and the other, here's the other thing. If we have all these tactics with no fuel, right? We have these marketing vehicles, but no fuel to power those. We're not, they're not going to work very well, right? We might be able to push the vehicle down the road a little bit. Right. And the, the fundamentals are the fuel. You know, so when we work with clients, we look at the nine common revenue roadblocks that exist and we start to slowly eliminate those roadblocks. And the things we're going to touch on today are really, really fundamental, right? The first one is your target market. Everything from a marketing perspective starts with your target market and your ideal clients within that market. Could, could I just ask a question before we Absolutely. start? Absolutely. You have a list of nine. 
Yep. Are we just going to go through the nine one by one? In which case uh, we end up with it. No, no, I'm, I'm happy to, because then we end up with a list of the nine fundamentals of marketing, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you want to do that, we can absolutely do that. It's going to be pretty. We're gonna. It's probably going to be pretty surface level, right? No, we're not going to dig super deep because we could talk right. about all nine of these things forever. Um, but and for a long time, you're right? worse more than, than me with than... my brand search. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm going, oh, brand search, I could talk about that all day. But yes, I would love to go through them one by one, but that actually cool. means you need to leave the conversa- lead, sorry, the conversation because awesome. I don't know what the nine are. Cool. You just stop me wherever you want me to, to Brilliant. dig a little deeper, right? So for, for the timestamps, number one, off you go. Okay, so number one is target market, okay? And by the way, there's three high-level elements here of marketing that we're looking at. One is strategy, mm-hmm. two is planning, and then you gotta have somebody that's leading your efforts, right? So the way I view it, there are three critical elements of marketing, strategy, planning, and leadership. All of those have to be in alignment. If they're not in alignment, things aren't gonna work as well as they should. So within strategy, there are three elements. The first is target market. Everything starts with your target market. If you don't understand who your ideal clients are and and can really get in and enter the conversation that they're having in their head as it relates to what you do, uh, you're going to waste a lot of time, a lot of money, right? You're going to be investing marketing in areas that you shouldn't. We got to know our target market is the most important thing that you can do with your marketing efforts, first and foremost. Okay. So, Sorry, I've got another question about your nine. Are we looking at three sets of three? Correct. Right. Okay. So if I were to ask who's going to be leading, that's a question for questions six, seven, no, hang on, seven, eight, and nine. Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. So I won't get ahead of ourselves and we'll come back to the, the three parts of strategy. Yeah. So three parts of strategy, target market. Once you understand your target market, then and only then can you actually create a message that's going to gain their attention and their interest, right? Our marketing message needs to focus not on us, but our ideal clients, right? The problems they have and don't want and the results they want and don't have. And until we first understand who the heck those people are, we can't create a message to do that. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we've got the the people we're aiming at, our audience. Then we've got the message. Then we've got Um, the message. And and, then the the message is very difficult because, as you said, we often think about it from our perspective. Yes. And I'm saying, oh, brand SERPs are really interesting. But what problem do I actually solve is a huge question because my audience is going, yeah, lovely to hear about, very interesting, but you don't actually solve a particular problem that I perceive that I have. So, for example, one of the problems, if, if I'm getting out there, right, and I need people to be able to find me easily, one of the problems you solve is, man, people can't find me when they search me. Right. And that's, re- that's a really important part of my business, right? right? And so we need to focus on the problems and the results that they're looking for. People don't care about us, right? What they do care about is how can we help them solve the problem they have and get to where they want to be? That's what they care about, and our message needs to focus on that. Right. So once we, yeah. Sorry, I mean, in, in your particular case, finding you is slightly difficult because I wasn't sure which photos were you in the the, yeah. the, the, the screenshot from earlier on. Here, you've got glasses, or maybe you didn't have glasses 
five years ago, in yeah. which case it's, it, it becomes difficult to recognize you because yes. the glass has become an association. But from a company point of view, that problem is generally lesser in the sense yes. that when you search for a company name, you will tend to find it. But yeah. it is true, people underestimate and companies underestimate the importance of being found when somebody actually searches, searches your name. It seems obvious, and yet it's quite overlooked. Yeah. So uh, number three in strategy yeah. is your services and your offers. Your services and your offers have to be have to be relevant for your ideal right. clients, right? Your your ideal clients need to see the need for it, they need to want it, and they need to have the money to pay for it, right? So our services and our offers have to be in alignment mm. with our ideal clients, right? So once we have those three things in place, that's the strategy side of it that we're looking at. So once we've got our strategy in place, then we shift into planning. Right? How are we going to get our message in front of those people and get them to become clients? Right. So there are three elements of planning. Right. You've got lead gen, right? I need to generate leads. Mm -hmm. Second thing is I need to convert those leads. And the third thing is I need to focus on how I'm going to retain my existing customers and generate referrals. Those are the three areas of planning that we look at. Right, a lot, so much of marketing, Jason, is lead gen. Yeah. So many people are focused on lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Lead gen is not everything. We need to generate leads, right? But a lot of times people think, oh my gosh, I need to generate more leads. When in, in reality, they may not. Maybe you have a lead conversion problem. Maybe you're oh. only converting 10% of your leads, but if you converted 50%, don't really need more leads, do you? Right. Or you're you're not retaining right. customers. Right. So your churn, you're losing customers. Gosh, it's a heck of a lot more expensive and more difficult to generate more leads than it is to work on retaining existing customers. If you can right. improve your retention, you can you can continue to grow and build your business. Right. Without having to generate more leads. So what people often think of as a lead gen problem may not be a lead gen problem at all. And that's right. why we have to look at all three of those things when we're looking at our planning and how we're going to do it. Which is absolutely brilliant because from an SEO perspective, I mean, I come from the world of SEO and I have a client who does uh, MOTs, car checking systems yep. that are legally necessary. And the first thing we did was set up the SEO so that we pulled in these leads and then they were smart enough to then say, let's now focus on how many we convert. And we've gone to a, a massive conversion rate that, that's truly impressive by tweaking that funnel. And so what they've said is, we, we're getting the people in. Now we're going to learn to convert them. And the other thing is, every two years, the client needs to come back. Yeah. So all we then need to do is just e email them uh, 23 months from the date they booked their initial um, rendezvous yeah. and get them to come back and then we get the repeat clients and I think that idea of repetition and retention and recurring income is totally overlooked so many people overlook it right a lot of their most small businesses are generating a large percentage of their business through referrals Right. Yet, oftentimes, when you ask them about it, how do you do that? 
they're like, oh, it just happens. Where, you know, right. we do great work and people talk about us, right? Uh, there's their largest lead gen channel. They have no system in place to actually try and encourage it. It just happens. Well, that's not predictable, you know? So right. that's super low hanging fruit for a lot of businesses. When you have somebody that's generating a large number of their lead, leads through referrals and they have no system in place, it just happens. What do you think is going to happen when you actually say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We need to, we need to put these things in place to more proactively remind people to refer, right. to ask them to refer, right? To tell them how to refer. When you can do those things, how much better do you think that's going to work? Significantly better, right? So it's everybody's in a different place, right? That's another thing that's so challenging with mm. marketing is there's so many people that are getting very prescriptive. It's like, hey, we're going to throw you in this box, you know, and you need, you need this system. Well, yeah. you know, you've got to have a funnel or you've got to have this. Well, that's great, but we're all different. Even if I talk to two accountants or two attorneys, they're all, they're, they're at a different place. They have a different team. They have different goals. All of those things impact what you're going to do with your marketing. So if you're getting one size fits all advice, it's not going to serve you in the long long run. And that's why right. we need to look at where you are and look at all these pieces. And then we can start to remove these roadblocks that you may have that are getting in the way of you accelerating revenue growth. Well, I have a question about this, this kind of chunk, which is lead gen conversions yeah. and retention. And do you feel that we, now that we have the tools at our disposal to make all of this automatic, that we get lazy. I mean, for me, for example, compiling a list of potential agencies that might be interested in CaliQ Pro SaaS platform seems to me like an awful lot of effort and I should be able to just click on a button and get myself magically a list of people who would be incredibly interested. But each of those people would potentially generate 10,000 euros of income for my company for a year. Yeah. And doing it manually just seems like a lot of effort, and yet the payback is enormous. Yes. And the same thing with retention is I'll just think, oh, I can click on a button, send an email, the same email to everybody, and it will work. I, I think you're totally right. We, no, I'm totally wrong because I'm doing it totally wrong. Well, but No, but a <laughs> lot of us, we want the easy path. Yeah. Right. And, and because there's so much automation out there, we feel like we should be able to automate a lot of these things. And there are certain things you can automate, but there are still things that you got to do manually. In my opinion, let's talk about, let's talk about LinkedIn. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an absolute LinkedIn expert because I'm not, but wow. how many of us on LinkedIn are, are, are accepting connection requests and then just getting spammed with these messages like these people yeah. aren't trying to build a relationship they're just they're playing a numbers game man that you know what that may work for some people right if you do enough numbers maybe it works but gosh i think there's a better way um mm. but the better way takes time because you can't wow. automate it you got to take the time to to dig into people and get, try to get to know them and look into their background and find like, how can I, how can I help this person? How can I establish a connection with this person? You can't automate that kind of stuff, right? Like I, I will, I accept almost every connection request people send me. A right. lot of the connection requests I get are people that are trying to serve marketing consultants, marketing agencies. 
I get people that are doing LinkedIn outreach trying to connect with me and I accept it because right. I want to see what the heck they do. They're all doing the same thing. Hey, you know, how would you like to have another $100,000 in recurring revenue every month? Blah, right. blah, 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 blah. They don't take the time to get to know me because mm. guess what? That takes effort. You can't, you can't scale that. You have no. to do that work manually, right? Mm -hmm. No, you can't, you can't scale it. You have to hire people though. You can't right. automate it, right? Right, yeah. So, no, that, that's a really good distinction between you can scale it by getting other people yes. to at, do that outreach, but you cannot automate it because an automated relationship is always going to be stale and dull yeah. and non-engaging. Right. Somebody has to do that work. Mm. They have to put in the time, and most people aren't willing to put in that time. No. So. No, right. Okay, so that that's mistake number two for me is that the, 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 the cart is way down in the South of Italy by now. And the horse is still <laughs> sitting in Paris. And so what's the third chunk? Where yeah, I'm the third chunk is, well? is, is leadership, right? Oh. Somebody has to take the ownership role to drive your marketing results. And, oh. you know, for our ideal clients, um, typically it's the owner that's trying to manage marketing and right. they don't, they don't have the time, the nope. skill set, or the desire to do it. <laughs> they're in, and, but they're investing in marketing, right? They're spending money each month and they're just, they're struggling because they don't have that experience that they need and that time mm -hmm. to drive the results. And, and that's okay. If you're in that boat, it's not your fault. But you have to have the self-awareness to go, gosh, you know what? I need somebody else to do this. Right. Because you can have the strategy, you can have the plan, right? But if you don't have somebody driving the results, like that's where great work goes to die. No, like nothing's going to happen. It's not going to work. So when we look at leadership, the three elements in leadership, one are the metrics. We have to outline and identify what metrics we're going to track because the mm -hmm. metrics tell us what's working and what's not. And again, when we talk about information overload with marketing, there's so many metrics out there that we can track. How do we know which ones are the right ones? Yeah. A lot of people struggle with that. And, and that's where that strategic level of leadership comes into play. When you, when you have somebody that has that skill set, they can identify what metrics you need to track, right? But even... At, a, at, a, at its most basic level, so many people aren't tracking how many leads they're getting, where the leads are coming from, and yep. what, how many of those leads are converting to customers. If you're not tracking those three, you need to start there, All right? Mm -hmm. don't, again, don't put the cart before the horse. Who, who cares how many you know, visitors you have to your website or that you have 100,000 people on your email list? If those aren't turning into leads that are converting to customers, then who cares? None of that matters. Right. Right. Okay. I actually literally spent my weekend rebuilding the homepage of CaliCube.pro, which is the SaaS platform site, so that it actually presents CaliCube Pro as a platform as opposed to trying to suggest like the podcast and yep. the free tools and the, the webinars and the FAQ. And I just focused on what is the tool platform? What does it do? Who does it serve? How can we serve you? Click on this link to learn more. 
And literally from getting no leads at all for the last three months, I got 10 leads in the last three days. There you go. So you got you you got something right. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, sorry, and now I'm thinking I'm not tracking it. I'm simply replying to the emails that people ping into me. Uh, and, and for the moment, it's just, you know, take it or leave it, and I'll have forgotten about them in a two days' time. So I'm not tracking if, that. If you're not tracking the right metrics or you're not tracking the metrics at all, you you don't have the information you need right. to make sh- strong decisions, right? But when you track the right metrics, you, you have the ability to make much more informed decisions, mm-hmm. which are going to have a much higher likelihood of being in the right, going in the right direction, right? Because look, nobody in marketing is perfect, right? There, there mm-hmm. is no system that works each and every time, right? right? The market's dynamic. Things are changing all the time. Marketing is about testing, measuring it, right? And then making decisions of what you're going to do, and then you just wash, rinse, repeat. You're you're never done testing. Right. Okay? You're never done so, testing. So you you build whatever funnel it is you've got to pull people in, um, and it's always going to be wrong in inverted commas in the sense that it doesn't perform as well as it potentially could. Yeah. And every time you do it, you rinse and you repeat, and you change something where you can see where it's going wrong. But to do that, you need the metrics along the way. Where Correct. are people dropping off? Yeah. And why are people not converting when we get them to the end when they should yeah. be? You know, hey, the conversion rate on our homepage is not where we, or on our landing page is not where we think it should be. Uh, let's change the headline, right? Right. And see what happens. We're, we're going to A-B test these. And by the way, when you A-B test, you can't A-B test multiple variables. <laughs> you can only test one variable at a time. Right. So because if you change the headline and the body copy, you've changed two things. You have no idea what impacted that. So you can okay. only change one thing at a time. Um, but so, yeah, the metrics help inform the de- your your decisions and help guide the decisions that you make. The, right. Now, the um, s- Go ahead. So we've got the second, the second piece. Yeah. So the second piece within leadership is implementation and execution. If you've got a plan and you've got this foundation, but you fail to implement and execute, you did all this work for nothing. Right. So yeah, (laughs) I love this. I may be testing (laughs) to see what (laughs) gets the most candy. That's right. Perfect. Um, Right. Sorry for people listening, just on audio, that was a a cartoon that Anton put up with some kids at Halloween with two different uh, costumes, A, B testing, see which one gets the most candy. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. Uh, So, you know, from a leadership perspective, you have to have somebody that is managing and overseeing the implementation and execution of your marketing efforts. Right. And somebody that knows enough to ask the right questions of those people that are implementing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Marketing is far too broad at this point to expect that you can hire one person who can do everything. It's that is impossible. Okay. That person does not exist, but you have to have somebody at a, at a high level that understands marketing as a whole and knows what information I need to provide to the people that are doing the implementation work. So, you know, what do I need to say or provide to the person that's managing my email marketing so that they can do their best work. People that are doing my paid ads or people that are creating my content, I've got to give them that strategy, right? Who are we trying Mm -hmm. to reach? What's our message, right? What are our services? All of those things help 
that's the fuel that's going to help those vehicles work. Right. But I also, from a leadership standpoint, I need to be able to have enough knowledge to ask them the right questions yeah. and keep them accountable. Right. And only somebody that has that experience is going to be able to do that. Mm. And in most cases, you know, if marketing is not your thing as a business owner, at some point, you're going to reach a level with your marketing where you need to hire somebody that has that capability. Um, because right. you can give people, you can have the best plan in the world, but if you fail to implement and execute, it's it's not going to work, right? Right. Yeah, and you have the plan, but you don't necessarily know how each aspect of that plan functions. You get other people to do it. You just have to be sure that you're asking the right questions, providing the right information, and ensuring that those people do the best work they possibly yeah. can to execute your plan and bring people down to the bottom of the funnel. And, yep. and what's the third The third part? The of third one is, is optimization. And right. this goes back to what I said about testing. You, you're, you're always testing, right? If you just you put your plan in place and then set it and forget it, eh, mm. <laughs> maybe you're going to get decent results for a while, but it's not going to work forever. So to me, it's the little incremental improvements that yield exponential returns in your results. So right. you're never done optimizing. You're always testing. So you got to have somebody at a leadership level who's tracking the metrics, managing the implementation and the execution, and then looking out for ongoing optimization. So there we go. We, we just hit a lot of information in 30 minutes. Yeah, no, no, 100%. And, and from that perspective, we've got another cartoon on the screen about boss and leader, uh, which I'm going to look back at because I can't actually focus because I was trying to focus on what you were just saying, Tim. Um, th that's absolutely brilliant in, in the sense that these incremental Im improvements suggest to me that the first time you implement a strategy, a funnel, a plan, you're going to lose money. And the next Maybe. time you're gonna you're gonna get a bit close, and the third time you're gonna start making money, and the fourth time, and each time you're improving that plan and that funnel. Or I mean, so you don't necessarily lose money, but you shouldn't be afraid if you have lost money, in the sense that it's something you can incrementally improve as yep. long as the basic plan is relevant to your audience and uh, serves or allows your your audience to actually use your services and product. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, wonderful. So you've just taught me how to run my business in 30 minutes. And Kelly <laughs> Keen from today onwards is going to run much, much better. Katrina, Tim is now your guru of how to improve our funnel, how to move forwards with that last leadership step. Uh, thank you so much, Tim. We've, we've dragged a lot of information out of you. Um, it's been absolutely delightful. Austin was 100% right. You are very smart, very interesting, and I rarely meet somebody quite as enthusiastic as I am. But Hey, thank you. Brilliant, wonderful, absolutely delightful. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, next week, it's François Nadeau, and that's why we were talking about Pierre and being very French. From SERP to m and the eight-figure ROI blog post and we actually had to change the number because I thought it was seven figures and it's actually eight figures. And he's going to talk to us about the uh, how you can build content and build connections that have massive paybacks and how, I hope, you need to be patient and truly believe in what you're doing in order to, for that kind of strategy to function. Could you pass the baton, Tim? Absolutely. I... Uh... 
So um, I'm actually a Duda reseller. So he worked for for uh, for oh, Duda, right. amazing uh, website building platform. Um, Duda is a great company, and I'm sure Francois is going to have all kinds of amazing information that uh, your audience is not going to want to miss out on. So please tune into that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the time to tune in myself. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and he's actually the founder of Snapcart, which was bought out by Duda, which is the story behind all of this. So Very he's cool. going to be sharing a lot of information about conversion rates, about e-commerce, about how to get, to get people through the checkout process and actually click on that buy now button uh, and pay the money for the products. And I think that's the foundation of where we're all going. We're doing this marketing in order to get our audience to become clients, purchase from us, and from what you're saying also, repurchase from us and become regular clients, recurring income. That's business in a nutshell. Uh, I can now go to bed and sleep soundly because I know exactly where we're going with CaliCube. Thank you so much, Tim. <laughs> and not for forgetting me. this song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Tim.